direct from the edge of the lunatic fringe, it's the Raleigh James Show. You know, we used to be the lunatic fringe. Now, compared to what's coming out of the White House these days, we're damn near mainstream. And, you know, we've talked about it over the years and probably no more cogently and prolifically than the conversations we've had with Alan Watt as to what exactly is really going on here that I thought probably a good time to have Alan back because those of you who maybe heard him three years ago when we were talking uh, might have still had some doubts as to what was really happening and why but anymore as you look around you start to realize there's got to be a bigger picture here and indeed there is and somebody who knows all about it is Alan Watt if you go to CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com, and I've got a link on Raleigh.net to the site if you don't remember it, but if you do, CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com, you can see a plethora of information, and you can check out the Cutting Through the Matrix, uh, the Cutting Through series, volume one through three, Waiting for a Miracle, and a lot more. And uh, I urge you to uh, not only find out what's going on, and you will from Alan Watt, but also patronize the site, because uh, clearly Alan doesn't have a big staff of people and a, a big income from this. So those of us who, uh, who do believe probably behooves us to uh, further that by making sure that Alan's eating, which he's doing very nicely these days. So in moments, in case you're still wondering what's going on, you will start to find out. <laughs> The Raleigh James Show. And once again, we welcome Alan Watt. Thanks for joining us, Alan. It's a pleasure to be back again. Now, you know, when we talked years ago, some people were thinking of it maybe in the abstract, and some of the things that you were saying uh, perhaps were uh, were foreign to folks. Anymore, I think much of what you've been saying for decades now is fully coming home to roost. So where are we in the paradigm? Pretty far on. Um, really, uh, it's been a very old uh, agenda to bring in a world society um, where a small elite would rule over the world and the rest would be sort of flattened down to some sort of strange equality at the bottom, mm-hmm. um, equally miserable. And since 9-11 in 2001, we've seen every country go into action with this exact same totalitarian plans of surveillance over their own citizens. Uh, even into your paper mail, emails, everything, mm-hmm. cameras everywhere, ID cards, all this kind of stuff, which tells us all that this was a plan which uh, all governments had obviously agreed upon long before 9-11 because governments and bureaucracies don't act very quickly. Believe you me, it takes years to get things uh, coordinated between them all mm-hmm. and to work together. So uh, they all went into action on the same time. And you have to go into academia to see what academia was teaching in the big universities, the well-known universities across the world for the last 30 years, they kept saying that this century, the 21st century, was to be the century for change. And that's where Obama's slogan came from. Mm -hmm. And, of course, um, most folk don't go into the big Ivy League universities to see what they're talking about. 
and uh, listen until you really delve deeply, you're looking at the culmination of a very old plan that started off with the, the League of Nations, mm-hmm. and then it became the United Nations, a front group for a, a, a type, an embryo of a world government. And then we, we, see, we see this century of change where all of that now is to be implemented as the United States, and this is the key to it, the United States took over from Britain with agreement to do so from mm-hmm. Britain to be the, the main taxpayer and funder uh, and military supplier of troops and all the rest of it to be the world's policeman who would standardize the world into the same global system under a world bank system, the IMF, uh, the same so-called democracy-type systems that we all have. And it's no coincidence, for instance, that uh, in 1990, uh, the Soviet era just suddenly, overnight, came to an end because it was time to join the two systems together. Mm-hmm. And, and we're going into this new system. It's, it's got a, a really um, fascist elite at the top who've always been there. Their history is actually written in Professor Carl Quigley's book, a Tragedy and Hope, and his other fantastic book, The Anglo-American Establishment. He was the historian for this group who manipulated geopolitics across the world for a hundred years. And he fills in all the blank bits in history that you don't get in school. And he said this this would be a, a type of feudal system they would bring in. Now, you tie that in with Eisenhower's speech on um, the industrial military complex, where he told the people to beware of it. But you could add to that the industrial, um, military, political complex, because you're, you're seeing the third one come out in the open now. Um, a form of socialism is being used across the entire planet. Now, socialism was never a movement created by uh, grassroots people at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Socialism was created on behalf of the Royal Institute of International Affairs, a so-called non-governmental organization which is comprised of two main groups, the Cecil Rhodes Society for World Government and the Lord Alfred Milner Group, that is comprised of world bankers. And they also run the Fabian Society, the World Socialist Society. You're seeing it come into play as it was intended to do. They said it would take a hundred years, and they were quite right. We're, we're right on target. And um, they're bringing in a socialist system. Now, under socialism... It's a planned world society they're talking about. That's what it really all is all about. Yeah. They believe that the experts should have control of all the world's resources and distribute them from a United Nations type of organization to the different... They don't call them countries anymore or states. They call them regions. We're all in blocks now. And that, that goes for food eventually as well, by the way. And when we look at what's happened even in the food industry, they've already taken over the world's uh, energy supplies. Five companies really have taken over the world's energy supplies. Five companies have taken over the world's food supplies. And uh, we're giving, getting no uh, actual choice now in what we even eat. It's all genetically modified, etc., etc. Yeah, boy, is it. Boy, is so, it. What you're seeing, and now, now, of course, they're out in the open in all mainstream newspapers, because another part, another plank of this world social society was a managed population, a deep population, actually. And we've had cries from the Optimum Population Trust in Britain. Uh, with uh, It's all lords and sirs who are on the, the, the board of it, like, uh, like Mr. Tigno, who's a Huxley, by the way, one of the Huxley families, and uh, calling for a sterilization of people and so on 
and the reduction of population by mandatory means. We've got a guy appointed as a science czar of the U.S., John Holdren. Now, John Holdren uh, is now the official policy advisor for all science uh, science and and techniques to be used um, in Obama's administration. He co-wrote with Paul Ehrlich back in 1977 the book called Ecoscience, where he talked about the need and how to do it, how they gradually have to do it, bring in to America and across Europe and so on, mandatory sterilization and forced abortion. When you see who's been put in charge of everything, the man who was put in charge of the, of the Food and Drug Administration under Obama is Michael Taylor. Michael Taylor was the main lawyer for years for Monsanto, and then he was the main lobbyist for Monsanto. Monsanto is part of the military-industrial complex because these are the same guys who give you Agent Orange and, and under, uh, other wonderful things, and now they're creating your food for you. I, I don't trust them at all. So Michael Taylor uh, is, is uh, right in from Monsanto, and he's, he's now your food safety czar. You know? mm-hmm. This is the guy who, who put the bovine growth hormones in the, the cattle in the U.S. Uh, and didn't let anybody check it out, independent inquiries or, or, or testing. He just passed it right through. Right, and then so, the government uh, on that uh, penalized anybody who would dare claim their product was non-hormone, was hormone-free. So that's correct. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Not only so, would so they... we, we're under, uh, um, you're under really going under world socialism, the planned society, and I, be, I was waiting to see if the next part would take place, because back in the the, um, the Club of Rome, the Club of Rome is another branch. All these think tanks, these big think tanks are special branches of the same CFR, Royal Institute of International Affairs group. Margaret Thatcher called them the parallel governments, and, and she also called it the real government, mm-hmm. the world government. She says, uh, this parallel government um, is not responsible to the public. She says, in, in democracy, there's too many conflicting parties. Uh, therefore, they have to have this parallel government to get the job done without answering to the public. The Club of Rome, in their own book, The First Global Revolution, said the same thing, that democracy would have to go, mm-hmm. and that what they favored for the world society was a, a new form of collectivism, which technically is communism. And so under a mass of bureaucrats running every facet of your life, now look at the agencies you have set up that all started off, like Lenin said they would in the West, as services, mm-hmm. like child care services and so on. Sure. If all these services now interfering uh, and getting power from governments, and even backed by SWAT teams at times, to come into people's homes and demand they live a certain way or, or do yeah. whatever it is, uh, and you're being regulated, this is to be a world of strict regulation from birth to death. And eventually, with the hoopla now, and I guarantee you it will come out in this present administration, uh, you'll, you'll see the push now, not just for uh, euthanasia, it's already started in Washington State, in sure. the U.S. They just won a battle in Britain on the same thing. It's no, it's no accident that happens at the same time across the, the, the globe. But the next step will be to promote um, voluntary sterilization. And now that you already have the first uh, teenagers coming in who've had years of this brainwashing on, in the Greenie movement, uh, volunteering to have themselves sterilized to save the world. You're seeing the, the exact plan come into action to fruition uh, that, was, that the Fabian Society mm-hmm. put out in their own manifesto 
an awful long time ago. If you look into our fantastic, probably the most open and more realistic behind-the-scenes um, documentary of the Soviet Union, the, the, the massive culling that went on in the Soviet, inside the Soviet Union, it's called the Soviet Story. Uh, and the first part of it, it shows you George Bernard Shaw, a co-founder of the British Fabian Society, also the World Fabian Society, the World Socialist uh, Party. The Mr. Blair and Mr. Brown now belongs to. They both are members of it. You'll hear um, Mr. Shaw saying, when we are in charge, he says, you, all of you out there will have to come to us and justify why we should let you live. <laughs> because your purpose, you see, is to, is to serve the world state. That's the mandate of the Royal Institute for International Affairs. It's the mandate of, of the Fabian Society. It was the mandate, supposedly, of the Communist Manifesto, which was born in London sure. by the same people, by the way. Sure. And so it's the same mandate, but we're going through the last vestiges of it. But the next phase was something I was waiting to see because architects uh, have been taught for the last maybe 10 years or so of the up-and-coming New World Society that they have to plan mm -hmm. and do all their drawings and buildings for. And they have been taught, and there's websites up now, where they've been designing massive machines, these monster machines like something out of a science fiction movie, uh, that literally are called urban eaters. Now, you, you, I'm sure you heard that Obama has, uh, is, is in negotiations with a, another fellow who supposedly came up with the idea by himself, which is nonsense, to start tearing down uh, right. urban sprawl. Right, right. Knocking all the, the, and so on. Well, the architects, if you go into what they've been taught, they've been taught that the, in the world that they're bringing in now, um, they won't need cars. Cars were only necessary when workers had to travel to work and factories and so on. Now that you're deindustrialized, you'll all have to move into the, into the already overcrowded cities and they're going to knock all these urban areas down. It's rather odd that it was already planned by world architects in, in the World Architectural Association at long before Obama mentioned this thing. You see, we're just running through a script here. Sure. We're, we're living through a script. And I, I can always think of Mad Magazine. Uh, that when they packed in at the end, they said it was because, because you couldn't really use satire anymore because things had become so bizarre. Now, 2001 happened, I was on the air that night, and I said, as we go through the changes that you'll, you will live through, I said, the hardest thing to hold on to will be your sanity. And, and that's what you're getting right now. The U.S.'s job and mission is, was to standardize the world under one system. And I said, when they're finishing off standardizing the world, they'll be pulling the rug from the Americans back home under their feet, it's pulling the rug away. And that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, and, and here we are, and like, like you say, it's the Fabian playbook. You can read about this over the years, and the Fabians, for their ends, were very wise to do things incrementally. But now we're really, in many ways, at end days. 9-11, it's very easy to look back a few years and see that that was the plan for, uh, uh, for causing people to be willing to hand over a lot of personal rights in the name of protection. Well, now we have the economic crisis 
where people here again are willing to hand over almost collectively, uh, while healthcare is one thing in this country right now, but in general their, their, their prosperity if they are quote unquote protected. So what worries me, Alan, is that if you look at human nature as a whole, uh, the people are not having to be led very forcefully. They're running toward it. They've been trained, and that, that's the key to it. I've, I've got articles by some of the big players in, in um, the manipulative techniques of, of, of controlling. They call it public relations today, and uh, the guy who invented um, public relations, he, liked, he preferred to call it propaganda. Mm. Uh, and um, uh, he said that we, we are in a process of training the public, constantly training them, always updating them and training them. And when you think of it, that was Bernays who claimed that the, this is the man that the Tamaris Avenue said gave the Americans their culture. He trained them into the mm-hmm. consumer society, but also uh, he knew that they'd have to be a post-consumer society to please the groups that he belonged to. And um, that's what you're in today, a post-consumer society. Uh, see, they gave you a little bit of the good life, uh, as long as America was paying up the, the cash, supplying the military, the weaponry, for, to fight the, the wars across the planet, knowing eventually they'd have no more wars to fight, and then they'd have to turn their guns on the people. That, that was how the Soviet Union was, too. When you run out of enemies and you put an iron curtain around yourself, you must find enemies within to justify you, you remaining in power, you see? Yes. And so in this world society, we're getting trained now to consume less, and sustainability is a big term they're using as well. And you find all the big players on all the big foundations that, that finance the NGOs, the non-governmental organizations, and all the greenie groups and so on. Uh, these, the top guys like Rockefeller himself, he's up on Google there at mainstream world meetings, still at his age, and he's in his 90s now, right. uh, on his favorite topic, uh, talking about the need to handle overpopulation and, and, and manage it now. You actually go ahead and right. manage it somehow. So these characters um, have been uh, singing the same songs for many, many years. Uh, uh, the, the media has cooperated so well with them. In fact, Rockefeller complimented the media at one of the, the Bilderberger meetings. He says, you know, we could never have got this far without your aid. In other words, their aid in keeping quiet. Right. Um, and, and so they've achieved their goals pretty well. They've been training the public. And when you think of it, we're like computers. This is how Bernays basically well described it uh, that um, you you feed the data into the people and now that's like downloading your latest update for spyware or whatever right. and as, as it's finishing the download of the latest uh, data it's eradicating the previous data well most people today have no memory of anything that happened fi- even five years ago that they're given 99% trivia and 1% fear you know Right. And and so they have no recollection of all the other amazing things that have happened in the last few years, and they can't put it together because they can't remember them all. Because, as, as Bernice says, we're the most adaptable species on the planet. We adapt so quickly into the new way and the new way and the new way. And that, again, in the, in the book, The First Global Revolution, written by the founders of the Club of Rome, the premier think tank for all of this, they, they, their job was to come up and find ways to get the world to unite under a global system. And in the book, the founders say, uh, in the 1970s, they sat round tables trying to find scare tactics, because what they said was, the only time people give up their rights and allow the government to govern them and order them about, 
and take their rights away from them is under a warfare scenario. Right, when they're afraid. So they look, they look for all kinds of enemies in a global mm -hmm. society where technically there, there are no enemies. And they, so this came up, this, we came up with the idea of global warming. Right. That's what they said. They said that would fit the bill. Man was now an enemy of the planet, and now they had to convince the public that that was so through massive propaganda and, and re repetition and through the schooling system. And, and then, in that case, since man was destroying the planet and man was an enemy of the planet, man was labeled the enemy, the experts would have to guide us out of this mess. And so that's what they said, that would fit the bill. Yeah, and boy does it. Global warming is the perfect example, not only of how to control, but how easily people can be controlled, because this is without any science logic whatsoever, and yet wholesale people are buying it. Alan Watt is with us. Cutting through the matrix.com is his website. Uh, a lot to digest, but definitely start. It does uh, start to get a mite depressing when you realize that the plans put forth a hundred years ago are, are coming to their final fruition. Uh, and of course, nothing better than our current economic crisis to get us there. We'll uh, talk about that. And as you say that, when you think economically, and we've talked a lot about this, as what would get us out of this mess, the easiest answer is massive depopulation. Yeah, well, I'm thinking of the vaccines. I'm thinking of, isn't it interesting that health care is coming up right now? And more. Next hour, yes, absolutely, we'll take your questions right here on the Raleigh James Show with Alan Watt. It's the Raleigh James Show. No, don't. Call me next half hour, and we'll I'll share Alan Watt with you. But for now, I'm going to hog him for the next half hour. Really distressing when you realize that if you want to know where the future is going, politically speaking, which encompasses all of your life, believe me, it's written down in playbooks repeatedly, and it's been carried out. And we're here, which is the interesting part. And people don't realize it. Every time I hear somebody uh, talking about uh, that we'll have an economic recovery, I have to laugh. Recover to what? Recover to debt? Interesting to see how debt's being forced on us more every day, too. You think the Cash for Clunkers program is anything but that? Think about it. How many people had paid off cars and they're now financed because they thought the government was giving them $4,000? It's insane. But as Alan is saying, you've been programmed and, uh, and you're reacting. And, of course, I know the underlying question is, well, for those of us who see it, and I'm sure that this is Alan's greatest frustration because he not only sees it, but he writes about it eloquently and speaks about it daily, uh, is there any escape? for some of us, or is it like a Sartre novel? All right, so we'll, uh, we'll get back to Alan Watt. You'll get to cuttingthroughthematrix.com, I hope. There's a link at raleigh.net. 
The Ronnie James Show. And I promise next half hour we will let you have that, Alan, but for now I'm hogging them. So here we are in the end days, and it seems to me, Alan, that the only way this works to the elite's advantage is with massive depopulation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, as I say, um, Sir Crispin Tickle, who's one of the one of the heads of the Optimum Population Trust, who is a Huxley, and the Huxleys have always been into this world management uh, scheme, going all the way back to Sir Julian Huxley, the best friend of Charles Darwin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Sir Julian uh, or Sir Crispin Tickle, um, who's descended from the Huxleys, he's an advisor to Prince Charles, and we heard his speech recently too about the need to this is too many people, etc., parroting his father, Prince Philip, mm-hmm. who said the same thing uh, a few months before that. So they're out in the open at convincing the public that they are the problem, which is exactly what I said. Uh, the Club of Rome came up with this idea, and all they have to do now is train the public to believe it uh, through repetition, simple repetition, and an array of uh, supposed experts appearing on all television shows on a daily basis, saying the same thing, uh, parting global warming and scarcity of resources and all this stuff. And uh, so we are now the enemy. The public are the enemy. And I see, according to the Fabian system, at the end, when, when they got rid of the masses who, who, be, who have, there's no function in a post-industrial society. Correct. Uh, in other words, it's run on economics. Uh, the whole Fabian idea is an economic system. And, and ecology as well, resources and economy. Therefore, we'll simply be surplus, or as one of the other members, uh, Sir Bertrand Russell said, uh, the useless eaters. And so they have to get rid of the useless eaters now. There's no purpose for us, and they don't believe in keeping pets around. So uh, the, the road is, is obvious for, for us, but they need us to, as always, it's so amazing, we're the only species where we have to acquiesce to their demands uh, before they can go ahead and implement them. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. They can convince us to allow ourselves to be sterilized, um, euthanized, uh, maybe even starved to death under the coming planned food shortages, uh, and, and we'll accept it. But they must have our agreement before they can go ahead and do it. It's quite amazing. Uh, every other species has to be hunted by other species. But when it comes to humanity being hunted by its elites, uh, they must need their approval, and, and generally, unfortunately, they get it, uh, and it's gotten by our silence. And legally, mm-hmm. that's consent, you see. Now, it's interesting. Uh, I, I certainly see exactly what you're saying about our, uh, our complicity in this. Uh, the other thing, though, that seems to be under the radar uh, is the way they are, whether we're going to talk about chemtrails or whether we're going to talk about these insane vaccinations, Gardasil being just one of them or the coming flu vaccination, or, uh, of course, the takeover of health care. It seems that on the one hand, they're convincing us with their ecological claptrap, but on the other hand, they're undermining us without the public's knowledge yes it's both you see the public have been trained and Brzezinski put this very well in his own book between two ages written in the 70s Uh, he said that shortly the public will be unable to think for themselves he says uh, they'll only be able to repeat what they heard on the previous night's news Mm -hmm. in other words downloads and he said eventually and shortly they'll be unable to reason for themselves. They mm-hmm. will expect 
their favorite faces on television to do the reasoning for them. Mm-hmm. Well, you see, that has happened. Yes. That, tr- that truly has happened. Yeah. Uh, I, and I can, I, I can remember when Americans were suspicious of news uh, because they knew the big magnets and moguls and, and they knew their histories. Uh, and they knew that uh, news were, was owned and the companies were owned by private uh, uh, moguls with their own political agendas. But now, uh, really since about the 70s onwards, they've gradually trained the, the public through the creation of what Brzezinski said too. Brzezinski said in that book, we shall create personality cults in politics and in media. And when these people become your fathers and your mothers, you'll grow up with them. You know, mm-hmm. Well, that's happened. And the people grew up with the Cronkites who just simply told you after a slanted spiel every night, that's the way it is. And people believed it. Uh, yeah. And it never occurred to them that, that uh, he was a member of the World Federalist Society and got a reward just before he died. You know, He said he always believed mm-hmm. in global government. Sure. This is an internationalist giving Americans their mainstream news and telling them why they had to go to war, etc. <laughs> I think one of the things that really helps that agenda is the divide-and-conquer mentality on top of it, saying that, well, you're, in, in this country, a Republican or a Democrat, and you like one and you hate the other, and that divide-and-conquer makes it even easier to follow the cult of the personality who's spewing forth the rhetoric you are attuned to. It, it's a faster way to do it. Mm-hmm. It's very fast. It's very effective. And as I say, people, people are now are trained. They're not suspicious of mainstream media. Most folk are not suspicious of it at all. And, and in fact, it, it, it's like Hitler said, if you were to tell a lie, it must be a big lie. Right. People can understand the small lies they might tell themselves. They can never, ever identify with someone telling such a whopper of a lie. Uh, it's and, global and warming. Yeah, yeah, right, as global warming, sure, because the average person, even someone who's fairly discerning, doesn't have the facts at hand to really crunch them. So if the folks who are in their particular cult are saying it's real, it's very easy uh, to assume that, oh, it must be real. Now, of course, for somebody like yourself, and to a lesser degree somebody like me, who can see through this very easily and can see exactly where we are right now and have read the Fabian playbook and know what the Bank of International Settlements in Basel, Switzerland is putting forth when you want to see economic economically you know just read their papers and here we are is there any way for individuals who are aware to protect themselves from what is common to be honest with you it has to literally reclaim their individual rights you cannot give up rights for safety because there's no safety at all if you give away your rights uh, you got to take them all back and to be honest this is another part you see that people have uh, they haven't noticed this has been so insidious um, government is there supposedly to serve the people. And they've been training the people in the last few years in this, this new term they're calling governance. And the people haven't said, well, even ask the question, what is governance mm-hmm. uh, compared to government? Yeah. Government is supposed to be there to serve you. Governance is there, society of, of, of experts who are there to order you. Right, to control to, you. To sure. compliance. So that's the difference, and we've got to stop it because we're already all living across the Western world, and in fact all the way to Australia even, uh, under a police state. Yes. We're, we're under a police state. When you're asked for ID cards, you've got checkpoints on roads, um, you can be det- detained indefinitely without charge, etc. Um, and people are being tortured uh, abroad and at home. It's also happening at home. Uh, you're under a police state. Britain's just announced a massive uh, multi-million dollar, uh, pound scheme to implement cameras right. in families' homes to watch the families. Right. 
right and and people are comfortable about this and even things as seemingly you know benign as land conservation we're always stunned when we're driving through calgary to see you know 5000 square foot expensive houses on postage stamp lots because they're not allowed to have any land and you say That's to yourself, right, yeah, yeah I, I kind of understand that maybe in Toronto, maybe even in downtown Vancouver, but how the hell did anybody in Calgary accept this? And nobody questions it. They don't. But under the Fabian system, too, you find this under the Communist Manifesto, the Fabian system, and, and, and uh, the International Socialist uh, uh, Agenda, all the same system, by the way, uh, that there would eventually be no private property at all. Right. That's still on the go. Eventually there would be no private property and you have to go into the books again by Lord Bertrand Russell. Now, if he's a lord, people don't catch on. Why Why are British lords, these hereditary aristocrats, uh, pushing what seems to be communist ideals? That's exactly what, what Quigley said, too. He said, he said, our members in America are often mistaken for communists because the agendas are the same. Yeah. Uh, well, that is the same agenda, and that we're going to be taxed out of our homes, number one. And by the way, the, the same group, the Council on Foreign Relations, Royal Institute for International Affairs, brought forth the income tax laws and got them on the, on the table mm-hmm. for the U.S. and Britain. They all, also take pride in having the property taxes uh, put on the books as well for laws for those countries, because they were both to be used as weapons on the public. Now we're seeing it actually used on the public. Yeah, because with In other countries like Britain, you're not allowed to sell your home now um, without uh, bringing in another private uh, public partnership from an approved government organization, uh, and it'll cost you five to ten thousand pounds minimum to upgrade your house with insulation before you're allowed to to sell it for heat-saving properties. They're starting that here, too. Uh, In Canada, where I am here, uh, you can't sell your home unless you get and put in a drilled well, if you can get approval for it, by the way. Right. And... uh, and um, and uh, a, a new septic up to the brand new standards, etc., etc., etc. So you literally you're, you're up to your eyes in debt already. Folks are trying to pay off mortgages. Now they're told, well, you can't sell a home unless you spend another twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars. So you walk away from your home. That's what you do. And that's what they're doing right now. It's forecasted that within the next year and a half, half of all Americans will owe more on their homes just on the mortgage alone than the value of the house. And you mentioned property taxes. And, of course, that means people don't realize, but with property taxes, you never own your home because anybody can control that. And uh, and I assume that that's going to get much worse as governments are seeking additional sources of money. So here we are, literally, it's heating up, it's it's snowballing because of, uh, you know, if nothing else, just we're we're now moving exponentially, I think, on this uh, on this Fabian plan. And while it would be nice to say that Alan Watt will awaken the masses and people will begin to think for themselves, the, the likelihood is, of course, anything but. So for those of us few who do think for ourselves, is there a way to remain under the radar? I, I think there's not so much, uh, it's not so much keeping under the radar. In fact, I think it's impossible today. Okay. I've had people talk, ask me before, can they do this very thing? And I say to them, well, remember when Bush was in and he said uh, they were putting up this system called Total Information Network? Yeah, yes. And I said, well, that total information means total information. That means everybody and about everything that they do. And he didn't set it up. Then you find out that the Rand Corporation uh, set up this system of game theory in which they, which they run the Cold War on. 
and they had every single citizen's name, uh, address, uh, habits, uh, everything they knew about the individual and their family history, their, their medical history, all this kind of psychological histories in massive computers. And they ran these computers and came, it was all under the premise that everyone uh, lived for self-interested purposes. That was all. Mm-hmm. And, and so this total information network has been going on your whole life and you didn't even know it because it was done under the auspices of the NSA, you see, and the RAND Corporation. This is stepping up even further now with, now that everyone's got computers, they get instant access to your data and they, they store your data and analyze it every day. And anything outside your normal, any some, someone that email that you haven't emailed before, they, it brings up a red light and they check out who this person is and what you have in common. It, you wouldn't believe so, uh, how, how detailed it is. And so, therefore, there, there's no privacy. The world they're bringing in is to be a world of no privacy. Yeah, well, here's the part and that... They've already trained the children. Yes. Uh, that this is normal. The children literally think this is normal. Not only that, they welcome it. The one that blows me away, and I thought I'd seen it all, Alan, and when I saw Twitter and individuals who quickly would run to their computer to say, I'm in the bathroom now, I'm out on the porch now, for the world to see, I'm saying, what kind of human need is this that I don't understand? Mm-hmm. That's right. And you got to remember, too, these children, you see, um, were brought up going into school through metal detection machines. Right. Uh, getting padded down searched, having guys with black outfits on, in, inside the school gates, uh, having the, the, their lockers raided and all the rest of it, uh, and being fined or something if they brought an aspirin to school, right. all this kind of stuff. And so they, they've been taught to obey, 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 and if you obey, you're left alone. Uh, but they've also been taught in a, a new type of schooling, and the schooling is basically group think. Uh, and what they, the new term for it, they call democracy. This is democracy, they say. And, and the teacher will lead them through a way of thinking on a particular topic uh, until they all come to consensus, prearranged consensus, mm-hmm. on, all the prearranged consensuses on, on particular topics. And if a person shows individual traits and doesn't agree, uh, then they're actually shunned by the group. Uh, so they've been taught that, that, uh, that individualism is bad. Right. Now, you look at the United Nations definition of a good uh, world citizen. Now, the World Citizen Society is set up, and the awards are given out by Mr. Rockefeller, by the way, in the U.S. Of course. And he's been doing that all through the Cold War right up to the present. And, um, but anyway, they're also teaching at the United Nations under the same uh, group um, that a good citizen is a good producer and consumer but a good citizen is also someone who is a societal member. He's not an individual. They say that individualism is the enemy of peace, mm-hmm. world peace. You know, interesting, a good producer, because, of course, now in America there there is no more production, and uh, there's not much of a service industry either. So looking on the short term rather than where we're ultimately going, say, where are we in two to five years? Because it can't be good. It's not going to be good because... On my website, in the archive section, I have a 90-page report from the think tank, the top think tank for NATO and the British military. Uh, the U.S. also is in NATO and Canada yeah, and so on. And 90 pages where they actually go through what they foresee for the next 30 to 50 years. And it starts to make sense when you see all these police and paramilitary organizations in the streets now. Uh, we call police, but they're actually paramilitary. Um, they say that it's going to be 30 years of rioting, minimum, mm-hmm. starting uh, maybe in, in, in the Middle East, uh, but eventually across the whole of Europe and the Western world. 
and the riots will be about unemployment, uh, food, uh, joblessness uh, will be the big, big topic, um, and people will be basically fighting the authorities. They, they foresee this coming. Uh, after that was published, the 90-page report was first mentioned in the Guardian newspaper, and then I got a hold of the 90 pages from the military organization and put it up on my website. It was followed about a month later by a United States Department of Defense uh, projection by their think tank, and it was exactly the same. When do these uh, food riots, if you will, start? They have rioting predicted to be around 2010, 12, okay. and, and being sporadic here and there initially, but eventually uh, growing in numbers. And they're, they're actually predicting that there'll be such vast riots and flash mobs, they call them, uh, mm-hmm. people getting together via fast communication and arriving in certain spots, uh, that they might have to even use, and they're prepared to use, if necessary, um, battlefield neutron bombs. Sure. Very large crowds of them. Yeah. Sure, I wouldn't. And that, you know, that fits right into depopulation of because what a better way than for the public safety? Gee, we had to do this. So yes. that that works for me. Uh, it also makes sense that it will start someplace like the Middle East, someplace that's not what we consider the industrialized West, but not too long before it gets here. Are any areas more prone and others more immune, to your best of your knowledge, just living in the country, better than living in the city, et cetera? Uh, I would have said at one time that the U.S. had more chance because it did have far more small private farms. Uh-huh. But there's been a war on private farms for a long time now. Yes. Uh, you've had so much government interference putting farmers off their land under environmental uh, nonsense and so on that have done away with it, uh, that was the intention because the United Nations Department of Agriculture, the chief, uh, the CEO, had said at one point um, that farming was too important to be left, to, to, or food was too important to be left to farmers. Yes, and of That's course... That's why you have the rise of the big agri-food right. corporations, and you see. Kissinger, of course, said, control the food, you control the populace. The heck yeah. with oil, control the food. You betcha Alan Watt is our guest, and that's exactly what they do. And if you think Monsanto isn't the enemy, you're not looking closely. They're not completely alone, though. We will take your calls next hour, I promise. In the meantime, if you're interested in anything we're talking about, and I assume you'll be interested in everything we're talking about, CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com will give you all you want and more. Yes, you want a sleepless night? Courtesy of Alan Watt, you'll get one. It's the Raleigh James Show.